I have no idea what we're going to be doing. <laughs> Noise. This is the Extra Hot Grade Podcast, episode 72 for the week of June 1st, 2015. I am Really Tough Decision, David T. Cole, and I'm here with Strained Group Date, Sarah D. Bunting. Can I steal you for a second? Amateur sex coach, Tara Ariano. <laughs> and interchangeable douchebag, Stephanie Early Green. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Um, last week on Around the Dial, I talked a little bit about The Bachelorette and mentioned we would probably have Stephanie Green on very soon to discuss it since she's our designated Bachelorette person. And look, she's here. Welcome, Stephanie. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. One quick bit of business. Nobody guessed the phrase that doesn't pay last week, so it is still in effect this week. Uh, so keep your ears open and, and what for is it? that. Ah, nice try. Ah. Um, The Bachelorette. Let's talk about it. First of all, there was a big, big twist this season. Stephanie, why don't you start us off? The big, big twist was that instead of having one Bachelorette, they had two. And the men get to decide which person gets to continue on to be the Bachelorette who Uh gets to then pick the man. Right. Um, So they just added an an extra layer of... um, sexism Mm -hmm. i guess uh (laughs) on top of an already kind of gross premise so that that was the twist and uh caitlin the canadian sassy funny i'm doing air quotes girl (laughs) is now our bachelorette how did you did you think that was how it was going to shake out when the season started yeah, I, I wasn't sure they edited it so that caitlin was you know they made us to believe that caitlin would not get chosen because she's not as you know conventionally attractive and i'm laughing when i say that because both of these women were very conventionally attractive yeah um they made it seem like the pretty one was gonna get picked um <laughs> and then at the end there was this big twist where like you know the ugly one got picked <laughs> right. even though caitlin is like you know really 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 pretty yes so uh but she was the fan favorite going in because Britt was such a piece of trash that you know she was just i that's mean, but she was. Well, um, she was so obnoxious, so obnoxious that I, I think people didn't want to see her. She's just um, so phony. I mean, I think I said this last week, but she's like, it's shocking how inauthentic everything about her actually was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like her crying seemed kind of rehearsed yep. and um, the kind of like quivering lip tremble and wiping away her single tear with her manicured finger and it's just it was icky so I'm glad she's not the bachelorette but it's not like I'm super glad that Caitlin is they were both sort of poor choices right but, but then it's because- nice that Brit has found love with the um, <laughs> pediatric cancer patient hat guy <laughs> why are we still why are we st- I'm sorry pediatric cancer patients that was extremely rude to your um, chapeau choices why are we still seeing these non-entities yeah i don't know like there's like so- no one no one cares right like does anyone care about brit's love story at this point and brady's love story I right don't the, the ice cream cones i was like <laughs> you're you're putting us on now right like the everybody's in on it including the creators of the bachelorette but God. yeah so boring no, especially when um 
Chupa Chups or whatever his name was, was crashing and burning. Like, show us more of that. Don't to be oh. continue it. Just show it. Koopa, Koopa, which in my head I see is C O O P E R, just spelled or pronounced weirdly. Koopa. Koopa. Sorry, no. Because for me, I always think Koopa like Koopa Troopas from Mario. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Either way, stupid name. So yeah, that was awesome though. That was my favorite part of last week's episode but here's my question if you're one of the guys that showed up hoping it was brit and we let's assume that you know probably a minimum of half of them did like what if it's the other lady why do you stay just because you want to be on tv obviously to be on tv yeah yeah and everyone knows that i mean i think even caitlin knows that i guess but i don't think these are people that are like intellectually able to think it through even on that level like, these are people who, one of them, like, shows up to that boxing date, which, P.S., how is that not a liability yeah. from every possible direction? <laughs> Seriously. Especially I mean, since someone did get concussed by <laughs> Thor. Or well, they've done that is. before. <laughs> they've done that exact same thing before, and someone got seriously injured. I don't know what kind of releases they have them signing, but... Yeah. But yeah. Before they show, even before they start getting more concussed, because they all act concussed <laughs> constantly... <laughs> One guy's like, so we show up and it's a total surprise to see Caitlin there. Like, it's a total surprise to see the Bachelorette on a date on a show called The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Go home and don't come out without a helmet. What the hell? Oh, they're not the they're not the smartest no. group of lads, but no. and they're not even attractive either this season. So no. I feel like Caitlin's getting you know she's getting the short end of the stick on multiple fronts. Yeah, the concussed one really looks rat faced. Oh, well, his <laughs> hair is distractingly bad, and and his and, and his facial hair, worst. all his head hair. Oh, who do you think <laughs> no, is the worst, the worst, Sarah? Um, Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony. Tony, oh, who ha- Tony. shows up with a black eye that we still don't know how he got it. <laughs> I know. What is that? <laughs> so I think weird. I read somewhere that he fell doing like a headstand or something, which oh, of figures. Course. Of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, Tony oh, Tony obviously Anderson's someone fault. punched him in the face. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Can I you wish. narrow down the list of suspects? Yeah. Tony, who comes with a prepared line that he gives to both bachelorettes within hearing of each other. That right. Was, that's the thing. That the They're best. standing like four feet away from each other. They can definitely... Definitely hear you, Tony. Yeah. And it's not that great a line either. <laughs> BT Dubs. Show up in a cupcake car, then we'll talk. Oh, oh I wish that car. guy was less, you know, who he is, because I really did appreciate the cupcake car. I think he's okay, that? cupcake guy. He reminds me of Nicholas you just love cupcakes. DeGosto. I do love cupcakes. <laughs> But I hate dentists, so you can understand my quandary with that dude. And he was actually kind of funny at the uh, at the stand-up. We should talk about that. It, it, there was a like a mini draft Amy Schumer to be the Bachelorette thing on Twitter this week. Which, like that would be why would she ever ever do that? And also, it no. would, like it would it would it would be hilarious. But I would rather see her do a spoof of it on her show rather than this. I wouldn't want show. to see her have to go through that. God. Well, and why would she? Like, she's a movie no. star. <laughs> I'm sure she does okay in the date department. She's fine. It's more about what we need. Yeah, which is no more stand-up from Tony. Oh. That's another thing that they do all the time is make these yeah. guys do stand-up. Stand-up and wrestling and hitting each other in the head are, you know, things that they keep doing year after year, and it keeps not going that well. Yeah, they did dodgeball last year, right, or the year before? 
Year before was when Desiree it was, uh, was... Desiree season because yeah. that one guy always wore that headband from there on out. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's Aww. like, I look cute in this, and he kept wearing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else even happened yeah. in this episode? Oh, underwater photo shoot. Mm-hmm. With Clint. <laughs> With Clint. Are we going to talk about the Clint news? Well, yes, because if the reason that you love the Bachelor <laughs> franchise is because of how it uh, reinforces heteronormativity, I'm sorry to tell you, it looks Ugh. like there's a big twist coming. Dave, please play the promo. It's absolutely insane. I never thought that I'd meet someone like that. There's already love on the Bachelorette. Chemistry, do you think that's real? 100% real. But it's not what you think. Falling in love with a man never crossed my mind. Monday, 8, 7 central. Clint and JJ. They're so into each other. This broke-back bachelor. We've grown very close to the shower. <laughs> will blow. I'm a success story. Your. Caitlin's not the right girl for me. Mine. I love JJ, so I need to roast tonight. The Bachelorette, new Monday on ABC. Okay, my. F- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I'm IMing with Sarah on Friday, as we do l- literally all day, and I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for the podcast this weekend. We're going to talk about that gay bachelor promo." And Sarah was like, "Wait, what? Wait, what?" Because somehow it had escaped her notice. So I sent her uh-huh. that and blew her mind. Oh um, my I god! I think that no, I might be going out on a limb here. I think that might have been edited a little bit. What? Um, <laughs> yes, obviously. I don't- I mean, there's no way those guys are actually dating each other. Unfortunately, I'm, I would love that, but they're not. But, okay, of course. The, and the weird thing in the middle with, like, I'm a success story, like, what does that even mean? It doesn't even support your narrative that you're trying to sell. However, he does, we do see him say falling in love with a man is not something I ever thought of or whatever he says. But that could just be the end of it. I never considered falling in love with a man. And I still period. haven't. Moving on. <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I'm straight. They, they left off that part. I guess. I don't know. I just don't buy it. I want it to be so true, though. I do, too. <laughs> I think we all do. Because JJ, I mean, at least it would give him some personality other than total fucking dickhead. Because he's already he's the worst. given himself that designation. Ugh, I did love Amy Schumer totally handling him though oh yeah that was awesome <laughs> i'm a turd <laughs> and that was only Which like is... marginally meaner than she was to his face yeah but turd amazing. turd is incredibly dismissive in just the right amounts it's funny know? that she it's used like a it perfect word because it's a favorite insult of our own stephanie green as well oh i use it all the time amy schumer is now a kindred spirit i've decided <laughs> uh is there more to say about this should we do do we have predictions of how the koopa to be continued is going to play out He's going to puke. (laughs) Probably. I would enjoy that. No, I think probably he'll be yelling at a producer and she'll go out and then he'll be embarrassed and leave. I mean, it's never anything exciting when they do these to be continued. No, it's true. Um, It's always a big letdown in my my vast experience with this show. But we'll see. (laughs) Well, relatedly, um, also premiering this week, we're recording this on Sunday, but premiering um, Monday night on Lifetime is a scripted version of The Bachelor, basically, um, called Unreal. Um, we all got to see a screener of it. It's based on a short film called Sequin Rays, but this the uh, the TV adaptation was created by Marty Noxon, the divisive Buffy the Vampire Slayer late season showrunner. Um, and it's basically a behind the scenes look at a show exactly like The Bachelor in almost every way, except it's called Everlasting. Like everything else about it is note perfect. I thought. What did you guys think? Agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. I really liked it. Actually, I did too. Yeah, I didn't expect to because, you know, just based on the premise, I'm like, ugh. but it was 
I mean, I really felt I bought it. You know, I bought yeah. that that's how these shows function. I thought it was very uh, well done. Yeah, I thought the casting of everyone the whole way through actually was dead on. Like all of the ladies have this the perfect look for the kind of women that would be on that show. And oh, yeah. The Bachelor is like sufficiently bland that I I buy it. And I thought Sherry Appleby was really really good as the lead. Her she plays Rachel, yeah. who's like a a producer on this show and there's some kind of like she had some kind of terrible meltdown in the previous season that's only hinted at until the end of the episode. But then like there's so much potential. I wrote about I wrote a new show fact sheet that probably by the time you guys hear it will have been published on the site. But um, it would have been so easy for that character to be completely insufferable. But I love how they show her like hating how great she is at this job. Like that was what fascinating to me. God, I know that feeling, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was great. And um, I also like that she's a pretty lady, but they made her grubby, but like it wasn't that thing where no one notices she's pretty. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like it wasn't like she takes off her glasses and suddenly <laughs> she's pretty. It's like, no, she's kind of like gross and grubby because she has this terrible job, but she's still pretty and um, like the bachelor thinks she's cute and stuff. I thought that was sort of, I like that. Yeah. Um, I also like that she wasn't TV grubby. Like she was legit grubby. <laughs> like it yeah, looked like she, was, she like, did her own her hair and had makeup on. Yeah. That did look like <laughs> set grubby. Yeah. And yeah. it got off to sort of a too much telling, not enough showing start. Like it started off kind of piloty and the whole, this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt she had on. It was just a little, it was a little much, like yeah. it was a little too explainy for people who I guess don't usually watch this kind of show that it's like, well, here's what you're supposed to be making fun of. Right. But mm-hmm. it figured that it figured itself out like a third of the way through. And then her, um, watching that, like that sort of montage of her watching all the cameras. Oh, at the very at end. The yeah, end yeah, yeah, yeah. Was pretty intense. Like there's someone like making herself throw up and yep. the bachelor, I assume that was the bachelor getting a beach. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and her face sort of reminded me of, um, uh, I forget the character's name in Truman Show, Kristoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Watching him sleep and sort of looking like content, but also kind of turned on. Yeah. So it was a really nice acting moment. And I was like, now I want to see what happens next. Like, yeah. it was a very effective pilot. It was a little piloty at the beginning, but it straightened itself out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give uh, Obnoxin a chance to impress me because <laughs> this is a good concept. I mean, it's a little bit fish in the barrel, but a little. who cares? I like fish and barrels. Yeah, but I like that they didn't, they didn't, it didn't feel like they were pulling punches. Like they were, they were letting everybody be very unlikable, including the lead, which I thought was interesting. Like even the moment where it feels like she's sacrificing one jerk to be nice to the sad girl. And then it's like, but you, you don't even get to rest on that very long and to think like, oh, maybe she's got good motives at heart. Cause then she turns that around too. Like it's just, there's, it's hard to talk about it without giving away major plot things, but I, I really liked it too. And I will also continue to watch and cover it for the site so check even out. i enjoyed it even dave enjoyed it he hates everything it's true <laughs> wow bringing endorsement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right everybody it's time for our very first ad Ooh. it's very exciting uh this ad is brought to you by the pelfrey foundation good news a friend or acquaintance has invited you to a tv viewing party oh boy hold it there watchy do you know how they like to watch tv what Don't be an incompatible Ignatius. It's simple. Just ask your hosts. Hey, is this a peanut gallery situation or a time for quiet reflection? Wasn't that easy? Remember, their place, 
their rules. And that's a, a thing, thing to, to consider. consider. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time to go around God, the dock. That was so dumb. Uh, that, by the way, was an ad where somebody was like, here's $50. <laughs> just you, just, do you just go. Go, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's time for Around the Dial. We're going to start with Sarah. Take it away. Um, you're going to get a little whiplash here. Aquarius. Um, <laughs> the new uh, period piece starring David Duchovny as basically David Duchovny. Um, Pretty much. Tracking down uh, ex, well, not exactly ex, lady friends. Uh hippie kid who has run off the Charles Manson. Uh, I'm really liking it so far. Tara and uh, our contributor Eve Beatty and I are uh, sort of swarm watching it, and we're going to try to cover most of it in like the next two weeks. I think we mentioned Um, this before, but NBC is kind of breaking with protocol. They aired the first two episodes on Thursday, and then they put the whole rest of the season available on their site and on Hulu. So if you want to just watch along, you totally can. Yeah, and but you can also watch sort of at the standard airtime which they're also doing i think i'm not sure that's going to work but i guess nbc is going to find out like they always do their experiments never work (laughs) (laughs) guess guess we'll find out um i don't know if uh everyone else on the panel is watching it but i'm liking it except except when it's with manson because he's very accurately annoying (laughs) it's a good performance but it's also like we know what he's like we know what we know what hippies are. And at some point, he's like trying to lay some head trip on Hodiak. That's Duchovny's character. And Duchovny's like, the thing is, I'm not a 16-year-old girl. And I was like, hey, show. Heal thyself. Like, <laughs> yeah. get off this compound. I don't care. It just makes it that much more baffling that the real-life Manson kind of got away with this patter for so long. Like, he's just so annoying. <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't someone just punch him to death? It would have been so easy to do. He's minuscule. <laughs> How many have you watched, Sarah? Um, I am up to right before the next one that I'm going to do. So depending oh, okay. on whose numbering system you're using, <laughs> right. I guess I've seen four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fire. Well, I won't get into the annoyingness of the numbering because it is. It, yeah. I, I watched to the end of the next one I'm doing. So I think you're past me. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was you, great. Thanks for letting us know where you were in Aquarius, guys. How are you feeling about? Because I also feel like a Hodiak is a little bit too perfect. Like he knows just when to throw a punch. He knows just yeah. when, like he always has a good line. He never has retrograde attitudes, or like he does, but they're but not really. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Because you, you mentioned in your new show, Fact Sheet, like one of the things that you appreciate about the show is that it was realistic about people's like of overt bigotry of the era. Yeah. And they, they established early on that he's supposed to be like, he's a cop that doesn't like, excuse me, colored people. Like that's what they say. And then it's like, there's no evidence of that after they say it. And immediately after that, he's like, I don't like anybody. Right. And then he never uses, and also I guess his dad was a jazz musician. So he's been around, uh, he's been around drugs. He's been around, uh, African Americans. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's with it despite the flat top. Right. Right. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. it's not that I'm saying I want to watch a bigot cop, but also it's like, make up your mind about what he is before you, you know, commit to this character, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's all right. I'm not super crazy about it. 
Um, Shafe is my favorite character, and it's not only because Gray Damon is demon is uh, dreamy, but that doesn't hurt. That's yeah, he. I also enjoy that he's. I like the way they get along. I think they have good partner chemistry. I yeah. enjoy watching that. Mm-hmm. And I wish the show would just stay on that and not get too wound up in either. Like, let's review why Manson's annoying. Like, got it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or the whole subplot with um, Hodiak's AWOL son is just kind of like, Ugh. don't care. And yeah. of course, the kid's name is Walt. Of course. Stop doing that, TV. <laughs> no, I thought that too. <laughs> I was curious about, like, is Sarah going to make make this a thing in her writing about this show? So I look forward to that. She is now. <laughs> Stephanie. So um, my show I've talked about before, I actually wrote uh, an article for the site maybe a year ago about Mm -hmm. Scott and Bailey, which is a excellent British crime drama. Um, It's series four is now at least on my local PBS station airing. um, And it's super good. I mean, the show is so good and I just always enjoy it. Even my husband likes it and we don't always like the same things on TV. Um, I wanted to do something more, you know, I don't know, widespread that everyone could definitely watch because I know that not all PBS stations are carrying this. But um, I was looking at my own DVR and it's like five reruns of Dateline and two reruns of 48 Hours and that's it. And then Scott and Bailey. So I'm like, guess I'll talk about Scott and Bailey. Um, (laughs) But it's really, I know, I know. It's really worth it and it's worth seeking out um, online or whatever. Yeah, it's Uh, on Hulu if you want to start from the beginning. Yeah, um, and each season's different, but in terms of, you know, what crimes they're solving, and there's usually one overarching crime that lasts for the whole season, although season four has not been like that. It's uh, Each episode has a different crime, but the personal lives of the detectives are actually really fascinating, and the uh, relationships between the characters are so nuanced and well done, and I just really, really enjoy the show. It is a bit grim and gritty, but... I like that. So, but it's it's like See, British contemporary lady Cagney and Lacey. Yeah, and they all have those great, um, I guess, Mancunian accents. Yeah, and Ooh. it's just a delight to listen to. They're mm-hmm. they're wonderful, and they're such good actors. And I just love this show. Hello, it is I, DVR time traveler. Um, I recently got to the point where I had like less than twenty percent uh, free space on my DVR, and it was starting <gasps> to threaten to. Yeah. I know, and it was starting to threaten Damn. to erase stuff. So I had to uh, get serious and start watching some of the shit. And so, because I'm OCD, I decided to start from the oldest thing I had recorded, which is how I found myself this week watching from April 28th, 2014. <laughs> wow. All about Anne, the HBO documentary about Anne Richards, which is great. Um, it's still on HBO Go. You definitely should watch it. I knew a little bit about Anne Richards, but as you know, I'm not American. So I was not 100% conversant with her career, but she was fucking incredible. She's had She had such an amazing life. Um, and every foot, every clip they have of her giving a speech is like the best speech you ever heard. It will, it might make you sad that there's no Democrat now that's like one tenth as ballsy as she was. But the reason I bring it up, other than that it was great and it was on TV, is I would love to see somebody do like a, a prestige cable um, drama adaptation about her life. Like a la Masters of Sex, like some leading up to her election as governor of Texas and then like through it, which was tragically short lived thanks to a certain fuckwad named Carl Rove. But um, it would be 
it would just, it would be a great story. I know that 1990 is not that long ago, and there are probably a lot of people involved in her real life that are, you know, are still too alive to make this actually work <laughs> because you couldn't fictionalize it the way that they do in like Masters of Sex. But I would just say this in case any casting directors or TV producers are listening. Uh, some of the women that are exactly the age now that Ann Richards was when she was elected governor are Annette Benning, um, Holly Hunter, Linda Fiorentino, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, any of whom would be amazing and any of whom I bet would even do the show. Also, Sharon Stone would actually be not a crazy pick. So that's my uh, combination around the dial. I'm not a crackpot. Please watch All About Ann. It is great. Uh, anybody else watch Mr. Robot online? The Me. upcoming USA show? Uh-oh. If you, if you have the USA app on your Apple TV, you can watch it for free. Yeah. So basically, Mr. Robot is a story about a hacker, and there's sort of like elements of a conspiracy going on in the background, and these hackers sort of are testing him and want to uh, maybe recruit him to start a anonymous, the group, not, you know... You know what you know. Anonymous, Not the adjective. Uh, the hacker group, <laughs> yeah. um, sort of like start a bring down the whole world economy base, blah blah blah, death to the one percent kind of crowd. Um, and Tara, we watched it. Yep. Um, what did you think? Um, well, with the caveat that I probably <laughs> fell asleep about three quarters of the way through it, yes. as is as is my habit. Um, I was interested. I would keep watching that show. It stars Rami Malek in the title role. I mean, I guess he is the Mr. Robot. Right. He is not a robot, <laughs> in case that's what you thought the show was about. Yeah. He is He's a just a guy. He is a mister. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, I thought he was, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm kind of starting to get fatigue with voiceover shows, I feel like. But this one was used effectively, I thought. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, like, the show at its heart, you know, the action sequences of the pilot were all hacking yeah which is you know a conundrum for a visual. <laughs> that cinematic well what was surprised me though is that earlier in the episode talking about narration there was this whole sort of like um stock footage enabled uh it was like an anti one percent kind of thing or yeah. something like that somebody was explaining the state of the world through their eyes and you know there's clips of george bush doing this and pollution and all that kind of stuff and i was thinking when they're doing the hacking stuff, and you know, in the show, he's just type, type, type at the computer, and you see a whole bunch of IP addresses and access codes, and you know, uh, Unix commands and all this sort of stuff that's gibberish to you know almost everybody. Anyone. And why not take that idea of using those stock clips and sort of stock clipinize that process, sort of like using visual metaphors, mm-hmm. right? You know, like yeah. like access metaphors prey and predator metaphors yeah. and stuff like that. So at least you could, you know, uh, humanize that. Yeah, yeah, make it make it relatable in some way. And I felt like Mr. Robot had the tools, they, but they just used it in the wrong spot because it was sort of hacky where they used it. <laughs> but if they moved it, <laughs> if they moved it to the actual hacking, yeah. that could have been interesting. But mm-hmm. that was like the one part where, even though the scene kind of worked okay, like I could see that's where it would lose people. That maybe weren't, you know, just into that bit of the culture. Yeah. The one thing I didn't get, though, is that the the main antagonist is uh, this company, this Apple-esque company called E-Corp. And then the protagonist, ref- <coughs> protagonist refers to it as Evil Corp. It even has the same kind of the logo look is like a tilted E like Enron. But then, uh, like he says, he calls it Evil Corp. And then we also hear 
other characters call it Evil Corp and like there's a Chiron on the TV at various points where they they also have Evil Corp typed out, which is weird. It made me think, are we supposed to think he's an unreliable narrator or how much of this is his messed right. up brain? Because there's also like a lot of stuff about he has, you know, personality disorder problems and stuff too. So I wonder if that's going to be a thing yeah, later on. I was wondering that too, because yeah, he sees subway ads and stuff like that where yeah. it says Evil Corp. Yeah. Uh, one point that Christian Slater as the... <laughs> yeah. leader of the uh you know the group against like no no do not buy mm-hmm. do not buy first of all he's a hundred yeah. not to say you can't be old and be a hacker but you kind of can't <laughs> i'm gonna crack into your pascal mainframe <laughs> <laughs> all right second ad just want to say very quickly that uh extra hot great shirts are now available for pre-order for about Another two and a half weeks. What? If you want a shirt that says in big type on the front, valued guest, so you can walk anywhere you want, and they're going to welcome you because you're a valued guest. <laughs> uh, now available. Also now uh, available for pre-order for the same time period. A shirt with an arrow on it and a big boxing glove at the tip of the arrow. It's boxing glove arrow. I don't know what it means. <laughs> so go to previously.tv, click on store in the uh, upper right corner, and that is where those shirts and more are available. It is time for the canon. Take it away, Stephanie. Whoa, excuse you. Okay, so I am submitting Freaks and Geeks Season 1, Episode 12, The Garage Door for the canon. Uh, I've always loved this episode, even though it's actually one of the more depressing Freaks and Geeks episodes. The show always had a melancholic undertone, even if it was often funny and sweet. It did take seriously the themes of teenage alienation and angst. And often the show got deep and dealt with the hard stuff. And I mean, even harder stuff than showing up to high school in an ill-advised impulse by leisure suit. Pardon me, night suit. Um, (laughs) Do you guys remember that episode? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Freaks and Geeks dealt with the hard stuff, not in a preachy after-school special kind of way, which would have been easy territory to veer into, but in a way that always felt, at least to me, real and specific and relatable. And the garage door provides a perfect example of the kind of affecting storytelling that the show excelled at without ever slipping into treacle. So this episode starts out with Sam, Neil, and Bill hanging out at Neil's house with Neil's super cool dad, Dr. Schweiber, a glad-handing dentist who quotes SNL and brings the boys bowls of ice cream and pop at midnight. Your dad's the coolest, Sam sighs wistfully, and Neil says, yeah. It's just understood among the boys that Dr. Schweiber is the coolest dad ever and that everyone else's dad pales in comparison. To wit, while Neil is eating dinner at Sam's house on another night, Sam asks his dad to buy him an Atari, and he gets a typical Harold Weir response. And that's the first clip. Uh, Dad, can I have an Atari for my birthday? An Awadi? Atari. What the heck is that? That's one of those expensive video games, isn't it? No, no, it's not expensive. Yeah, well, whatever it costs, it's a waste of money and time. You know, the welfare rolls are full of video game players. <laughs> well, they're not. <laughs> Well, they're going to be. Trust me. But Dr. Schweiber told Neil he was going to get him an Atari for his birthday. Oh, I asked for it. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it. So later that night, Neil's mom, a fit, fashionable lady who says chow for bye, comes to pick up Neil. And I really love the contrast here between Mrs. Weir and her oversized cardigan and her mom hair and Mrs. Schweiber and her tennis whites and fashiony 80s perm. And so anyway, we get the picture that Neil's parents are young and cool and happy. 
Uh, and then later, as Sam and his mom are shopping at Sears, presumably, I don't remember if it's Sears, but it's a department store. <laughs> it's Sears. Sam, it's Sears. <laughs> Sam wanders off while Mrs. Weir is getting a demonstration of a microwave. As he's perusing the Atari display, Sam runs into Dr. Schweiber and an attractive blonde lady sharing a cozy hug. When Dr. Schweiber catches sight of Sam, he and the woman quickly separate. He tries to cover it up with a lame Shatner impression, but it's really awkward. Dr. Schreiber? Hey, Sam I am. What are you doing here? Um, looking at microwaves with my mom. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, Scotty, I hope you're not planning to cook a dribble because I believe they're better than barbecue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where are my manners? Sam, this is uh, an old high school friend of mine. Uh, from high school. Uh, anyway, uh, kind of like you and Neil are, are now. And, uh, uh, Carol, this is a friend of my son's. Oh, very nice to meet you, Sam. Yeah, yeah we just ran into each other. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Well, mildly funny. It's <laughs> fairly not really funny at all. Can I have a word with you in private? Look, yeah. Okay. Um, listen, I, uh, I, I'd like it if you don't tell Neil that you saw me here, okay? Because I'm getting him an Atari. What is a surprise? Keep a secret for good old Dr. S, can't you? All right, give me some. Let me hang it up. All right. Anyway, Carol, we'll have to get caught up another time. Uh, why don't you come over and have dinner with me and my wife sometime? Oh, that would be great, yeah. And it was very nice meeting you, Sam. Goodbye, Dr. Schweiber. Bye. So now Sam's in the awkward position of having to keep this potentially explosive information from one of his best friends, Neil. Also, coincidentally, guess who got that Atari way before his birthday? Neil! At school the next day, Sam tells Bill his terrible secret, and Bill insists that they need to tell Neil the truth, because they always tell each other everything. While they're over at Neil's house playing the new Atari, Bill spills the beans as soon as Sam leaves the room. You remember when we said we'd tell each other everything? Yeah. Did you mean it? Of course. Even if it's something really, really horrible? I mean, it might not be horrible because it might not be true, but if it is true, it could be pretty horrible. Okay, Bill, you're killing me. You gotta tell me now. Okay, but you might not want to know because it's pretty horrible. What? Bill, you didn't tell him, did you? Wait a second. Sam knows? That's not fair. Okay, if you guys both know, I gotta know. Sam saw your dad hugging a lady at the mall last night. What? Show him. All right. No, that's impossible. My dad was at the office last night performing root canal surgery. So that wasn't my dad. It was your dad. I talked to him. You're lying. No. You're just jealous because my dad is cooler than yours. Well, I'm not jealous. Neil, we just thought you should know because we tell each other everything, remember? Oh, shut up, Bill. You don't even have a dad. I do, too. I talked to him three months ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Heartbreaking. <laughs> that one's a bummer to end on, Stephanie. <laughs> I know. Of course, um, at that very moment, Dr. Schweiber shows up, and both Bill and Sam take off. Dr. Schweiber tries desperately to try to make them stay, but you can tell that he knows that the jig might be up. And then, in a cruel twist of fate, Sam finds out that he has a 7 a.m. dental appointment with Dr. Schweiber the next morning. Meanwhile, Neil's sneaking around his dad's boring midlife crisis sports car for clues of an affair, and he finds a garage door opener that's not the opener for their own garage. 
One of the most poignant exchanges of the entire episode happens between brother and sister Sam and Lindsay while Sam is sitting in his room doing homework and worrying about his dentist appointment with Dr. Schweiber. As they're discussing, in a very young, teenager-y kind of way, the reasons why an adult might have an affair, their father walks by in his undershirt, boxers, and socks. What's the matter? Why do people have affairs? I don't know. Maybe they meet someone that they like better. Well, you think Dr. Schweiber would have an affair? I never thought about it. Do you think Dad would have an affair? Dad? Somebody call me? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Finish your homework. <laughs> that was my favorite part I, of the episode. <laughs> I, me too. And I know it's a visual gag, but even just the laughter kind of conveys what's going on in that scene. Yes. Um, the next morning, Sam's dentist appointment with Dr. Schweiber, needless to say, is excruciating and not for the usual reasons. That's the next clip. Do you know what? I think that you and me need to talk. What about? Well, starters... You're acting a little differently when I saw you yesterday. Open, please. And uh, I tell you, I was a little bit hurt. Uh, I, I just didn't feel well. Well, you know what I think? I think that you may have thought you saw something that you didn't see the other night. I didn't see anything. Spit. And, uh, and you didn't say anything to Neil or to anybody else about, uh, Meeting my friend, hmm? No. Good. People love nothing more than gossiping about... about seeing someone spending time with another woman who isn't their wife. Mm. Well, you can rest assured that nothing happened between me and my friend. You do believe me, don't you? I only hear. Hmm. You know, when I was younger, I didn't have many dates. I met Mrs. Schweiber back in college, and, you know, she's a wonderful woman, and she keeps a beautiful home. It's just that when you get older, you get bored. You know? No, not really. It just, it gets so hard, Sam. I feel that there's something missing in my life, and and I think I deserve the chance to... Find out what that something is. Don't you? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, promise you things will be back to normal pretty soon. All I need is time. In the meantime, um, I can count on you and me keeping this just between us. Okay. Well, now the bad news, bud. You got a cavity. Okay, so uh, it's worth noting that at the end, Sam had those, like, bite wing things in his mouth. Um, So that day at school, the boys determined that the garage door opener belongs to the door to to Neil's dad's secret love nest, and they decide to try to find said love nest. Seeing no other way to approach the problem, they ride around the neighborhood on their bikes, clicking the garage door opener at random doors. It gets dark. The opener hasn't opened any doors, and Sam and Bill both say they need to go home. Neil is hurt and feels abandoned. He decides to stay out later and keep trying. 
When Sam gets home, his parents are waiting for him with a surprise. An Atari! Uh, Sam collapses in tears, hugging his dad, who's adorably clueless as to the underlying reasons for Sam's emotional reaction. Neil, meanwhile, finally finds the strange garage door that opens with the clicker, and inside is his dad's car with its dumb vanity plate, Eye Flossum. Uh, there are three other pretty good subplots in this episode, one involving Lindsay and Nick trying to be friends post-breakup and both receiving terrible advice from their friends about how to handle it, a second dealing with Kim's jealousy about Daniel's past dalliances with another girl, and a third about Ken's crush on the girl who plays tuba in the marching band, all of which end kind of sweetly with the whole gang going to the laser dome and listening to southern rock music. And these are all solid supporting subplots and all deal with realistic teenage concerns, but I didn't spend time describing them here because, to me, the true emotional heart of the episode lies in Neil's story and the realization that his dad's coolness is a double-edged sword. So what did you guys think? Um, I'll go first. Uh, There was some really great stuff in this episode. As I said, I love the moment with Harold at the bedroom door because it's so natural. It's like such a throwaway tiny moment, but it's like all three of those performers sell it so well. And like the detail of the black socks pulled up to his mid cap. And is he still have shoes on? I feel like he still has shoes on too. Probably. Or sock garters maybe. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. it's like he's, as he realizes that they're not laughing with him um, and the, the turn to like, finish your homework is such a dad, real dad moment. Um, Bill is adorable in basically all of his scenes and also that I talked to him three months ago is a real uh, kick to the heart. Um, But it's hard to judge a Freaks and Geeks for the canon because every episode is so good that you really have to, I feel like, be very rigorous. And while the main the main plot that you talked about is has a lot of good stuff in it, like I said, the the other three plot lines are sort of blah. Um, the, the Amy one doesn't really kind of go anywhere. She's the tuba girl. And I also have to call out as in my, uh, capacity as Dave. Ariano band cop. (laughs) There's a moment when, (laughs) when Ken is watching her through the glass door of a classroom and there's like a section of the band is playing, but it's like her and like three clarinets and it's just like a completely random assemblage of band players that would never ever be practicing together as a sexual there I said it um so I was a clarinetist in the marching band so I feel you that's yeah you would never be sitting two seats away from someone with by the way a (laughs) sousaphone not a tuba (laughs) I said that too um I do like that that performer and but she has an even better plot line later this season when we find out some more about her background which I won't say in case people are doing a freaks and geeks rewatch 16 years later um, that when I, when she showed up in this episode, that's the one I thought it was. But I think this is I think I'm thinking of the next one. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, some strong stuff in the. Oh, the other thing about the about the Sam's dad plotline is I don't totally buy that he, the dad would be that aggressive with Sam. I, I, that that didn't ring that true to me. Oh. Especially calling him in for a seven a.m. cleaning was like that's a real weird power move to pull on a fourteen year old. I read that differently. Um, I thought that Sam had an existing dentist appointment, and that oh. was a coincidence. And yeah, an that's unfortunate what I coincidence. got from it, too. And I also thought that, I thought Dr. Schweiber would pull it because he's like the kid's buddy, right? Like, And it really bugs him that these kids don't think he's cool anymore. I think that's like an ego thing on his part. And hmm. okay. For me, that felt realistic. But we can agree to disagree. No, that's an interesting interpretation. I, di- I, I didn't read it that way, but I can see it. So yeah, that, those are my thoughts. Okay. 
Um, I love this episode. Uh, Bill is my favorite. Uh-huh. Everyone. <laughs> and uh, why do you guys always put stuff on me? It's great. <laughs> and um, I thought the I thought it did so many little things well, like the the way cool dads are. And I thought it wrote it like it wasn't hitting too hard the fact that he's, you know, trying too hard to be their friend instead of a dad. It uh, had it wrote him from their perspective. Mm. I also have a soft spot for um, Sam McMurray uh, forever and always, mostly because of Raising Arizona. Yes. Mm. Also because um, he and my husband many, many moons ago made their uh, TV debuts together while Sam McMurray's prison guard character was muscling my husband's character into a (laughs) jail cell. Oh, no, spider. (laughs) Poor spider. (laughs) It it ended uh, not so well for for spider um (laughs) but he's really he's great here and i like that um i like how balanced the portrayal of the adults is and it's always nice to see uh jessica campbell who plays um band girl amy um yeah tammy metzler Mm -hmm. who was my favorite part of election actually and she never like she stopped acting and went to college and just is doing something else with her life now i think which is too bad because i always thought she had just the best stink eye and yeah I fucking hate Ken, and any characters giving Ken shit can run for president. (laughs) But I'm going to disagree with Tara. I think this is canon-worthy because, and this is just my preference, the freaks, I I generally don't care. Like, I, I see why it's compelling, but, like, the, you know, Kim and Daniel stuff, like, it just, there's always some variation on it. I really... I don't care. This is the only role I've ever really liked Linda Cardellini in. And I think mm. that it's also the sibling relationship is written really yeah, well. But episodes that focus on the geeks, I prefer. Yeah. Me too. Um, I died laughing at the Charlie Daniels laser <laughs> <Yeah. case>. reveal. <laughs> the Completely boot. forgot about them. It was just like this waving boot. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Whoever got to like work with the art department to yeah. draw those? You ever, you ever go to the <laughs> delayed shapes? <laughs> have you ever been to one of those? I feel like I've been to a planetarium. Yeah, I actually I went I to have. a Pink Floyd one, like because oh, because it was always Pink Floyd, of course. Um, and uh, it was pretty accurate. They're pretty <laughs> stupid, um, but when you're like six or whatever, it's the most amazing thing in the world. Like just a regular <laughs> planetarium is the most amazing thing in the world when you're six in the '80s or whatever. But uh, the laser show is was something to behold, and it was. That jank. It really was. Uh, I wanted just to highlight the moment, uh, the Atari reveal moment when he gets back home, because that's the part of this episode just killed me. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, And uh, so I clipped it. So uh, here we go. Well, it's about time you got home, young man. Your mother and I have something to tell you. What? That maybe sometimes it's okay to spend a little extra money on such a good kid. Yeah, maybe you can teach me about those space invaders. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I really wanted that game. Huh? <laughs> God, the way he just falls into his arms, yeah. too. It's so heartbreaking. So the, yeah. The, the bittersweetness of childhood. Yeah, yeah, that was a really that was a, that was the moment that kind of like I, I enjoyed this episode throughout, but that button on that arc was 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 just like it 
kind of slice your heart in two. Because you know it's true that Sam probably asks for nothing. Like, he is a good kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said... <laughs> it's David Cole, Video Game Cop. Here is the scene in which they are playing the supposed Atari 2600 version of Asteroids. Damn. Damn, you should hit hyperspace. Hyperspace, hyperspace. Shut up, shut up. I'm doing it. Oh. Oh, maybe you shouldn't have had hyperspace. <laughs> okay, listen to the, the sounds right at the start here of this. this. Right? Okay. That, what they were playing, was the footage of the arcade version. The actual <gasps> vector light version of it. Because the Atari version has these giant blocky graphics. It was a totally different sort of technology. And the sound was terrible. Here's the Atari 2600 version. <laughs> Not the same thing. So we're going to have to dock Also, the outlines were different, weren't they? Wasn't that the Intellivision? No. And the- and that the, was the arcade Atari version. was filled in. No. Blobs were filled in. Uh, well, well, I can't remember the Intellivision No version, one cares. But... We could talk about it <laughs> offline. I just could have sworn they were filled uh, in. No, but well, as soon as they showed the graphic, Dave was like, that's not what that game looked like. I, my, they I were showing. Like, that's were... Coleco. I call bullshit, which no. what do I know? No, yeah. that was, they were showing the arcade version. That was Those were the arcade sounds. I understand why they did it, because who wants to listen to <laughs> Right, it cuts hard on the ears, and yeah. uh, but in the Atari Twenty Six Hundred version, because they can't do those ty- style of graphics, all the asteroids are just like solid blocks of that's what like, Sarah just purple said. and green. Yeah, that's, and what blue. that's what she just said. Well, I know what. Oh no, I thought you were talking about the. Oh, okay, never mind. Anyways, no, what they showed is not what I played as a yes, kid. Yes, yeah. exactly. You guys, agree. thank you. you okay, agree. all right. Um, otherwise, uh, I agree with Sarah <laughs> that uh, I was always more of. In the geeks uh, camp, both uh, you know, um, relating to the characters and also just enjoying their storylines. I was fine with all the freak stuff. I kind of enjoyed Ken's, you know, having the uh, you know the jerky crush uh, uh, storyline on uh, on Amy, the band girl. Um, that was fine. But uh, this really, this episode is sold on the the storyline of of the three friends, and uh, what a great episode to highlight that relationship. So uh, I'm saying yes as well. Tara, um, you're a monster. Uh, (laughs) It's a very marginal no, but it doesn't matter anyway. uh, Sarah, how do you vote? I vote yes. Uh, Tara, officially, you say no? Yeah, I just said it's a marginal no. Hmm. And I vote yes. (laughs) Why'd you make me say it twice? Freaks and geeks. I don't know. Season one, (laughs) episode 12. Once for the geeks. The garage door. You're hereby inducted into the extra hot great canon. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It's time for winner and loser of the week. Tara, who's our winner? Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but winner of the week is Zasha Mamet. Uh, the horrible, bad acting daughter of David Mamet had managed to redeem herself very, very slightly by being uh, this week uh, playing, among other characters, Dorothy Zbornak in the new video for Jenny Lewis's She's Not Me. And uh, <laughs> so way to bask in B's reflected glow. Well done. Loser of the Week is a friend of the show, uh, Wendy Molyneux, uh, wife of frequent guest here, Jeff Drake. And Bob's Burgers scribe. That's right. Um, this week. Wendy, uh, not Jeff. <laughs> this week, uh, she um, really didn't want to go see Entourage, 
And uh, it started as a joke that yes. she told Jeff she would have to. She was so little had so little desire to see that movie, the Entourage movie, that someone would have to pay her to do it. And it evolved into a GoFundMe campaign in which she challenged people to pledge money for uh, Cure Search, which is a child p- a pediatric cancer research group. Yep. Um, so her her original well, I'll let you take over. Sorry, that's okay. Her, uh, she originally was just asking for ten grand. Yep. And uh, she's over 20 now. Which means she has to see it twice. And if she oh. hits 30, she has to see it four times. Uh, <laughs> there was all these stretch goals, like she has to drink out of a turtle cup now. Uh, she bought turtle pajamas that she has to wear when she goes to see and it. And turtle actually... He pledged $1,500, yeah, Jerry Ferrara, yeah. which good for him. Yeah. I, I, that made me like him so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's making all the rounds and all the all the blogs and stuff. We'll put um, a link to the campaign in the show notes. Yeah, um, but that's great. But I mean, please like, don't uh, donate because it, as of this writing, I think she is up to having to see it four times while standing on her head. <laughs> but do it anyway yeah. for the kids. Yeah. She started it. <laughs> yeah, <it's good. laughs> uh, yeah, she's going to end up spending a whole day just watching Entourage back to back to back. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, check it out. We'll link it to it in, in the show notes. But uh, Wendy Molyneux, loser yeah, well, of the week for having to see uh, Entourage, let's going to say about a dozen times. <laughs> uh, guys, you know what time it is? Uh, to see Entourage? No, nope, not for us. Thank it's God. game time. <laughs> Yay! All right, everybody, it is the seventh game time of the season. Uh, Sarah's got three, right? Yes. Yep. Tara, two. Yes. Guess with one. Yes. It's a close game. Uh, before we start, I just want to say uh, that Dave points, as you may recall, have been reset to zero. <laughs> In honor of this monumentous event, <laughs> and I hope I got this right because I'm doing it from memory, yeah. uh, at man minus one on Twitter has started to design the Dave Point currency. <laughs> it's, it's so good. A one Dave Point bill design. Uh, we saw Wait, the complete very with English set. and French text on it. <laughs> yes, uh, Dave Point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll link that in the show notes too. Um, I was uh, tickled pink, literally. I think it actually is pink. It is. Uh, by that. Uh, so thank you, man minus one. Delightful. I, yes. Uh, all right, back to the game. Uh, today we are playing Be Our Guests, a game from a guy named Joe Reed. Hey! Who earns himself an extra credit. Redeemable for an extra hot uh, mini topic of his choosing. All right. This is a five-round test oh, of shit. your knowledge of TV guest stars. Ooh. All right? Um, it involves Emmy nominations, and you're going to guess the shows that we're talking about. Okay. All right? I'll explain the rules round by round. The game is all pretty much the same throughout, but the rules change slightly uh, based on uh, parameters of the rounds. We have 42 questions. Okay. All right? So let's throw it to our person in control choosing initiative AKA Picky 3000. We will start with Tara. All right, Tara, and then let's go Sarah, and then we'll uh, finish the round off with our guest, Stephanie, since it is Be Our Guest. Yes. We'll end the game with her. Okay, are we ready to play Be Our Guests? Yes. All right, Tara. Yes. Round one. Yes. Shows with only one guest actor Emmy nomination. Okay. I am going to read the guest star. Two points if you guess the show without a hint. Yep. You can ask for a hint. It'll be the character's name. 
Okay. All right. Yep. And then you can guess for one point. Okay. Here we go. Margot Martindale. Justified? Mm. Yeah. The Americans. Damn it. Americans. All right, Sarah. Yep. Jane Fonda. Guest Jane... star Emmy nomination for what show? Jane Fonda. If we guess, we don't get to guess again if we're wrong. That's right. right? Yep. One okay. guess and you're out. Okay. Um, then I will need a hint. Uh, Leona Lansing is the character's name. Oh. Um, uh, will and Grace. Ah! <laughs> I almost said, it's a show I hate, but that wouldn't help you very much, probably. Tara? It's the newsroom. Correct. Uh! All right, Stephanie. Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. Still with us, Stephanie? Did we lose her? Oh, no. <laughs> we lost Stephanie. Shit. She's well. been gone for minutes and we didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Now we can. Oh, okay. Sorry. I must have muted it. Sorry. I must not good at this. Um, <laughs> All right. Hang on. Hang on a second. I said okay, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Okay. Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack is your guest star. Right. Could I get a hint, please? Sheila Jackson. Uh Sheila Jackson. Joan Cusack. Friends. Shameless. Shameless. Mm. All right. Back to Tara. (laughs) Paul Giamatti. Guest star. Guest star. Emmy nominated for what show? Jesus. This this is the show's only guest actor nomination. Hint. Harold Levinson. Oh, Down Abbey. There's our point. It's like, it's not John Adams. <laughs> Sarah. Yes. Diana Rigg. Uh, Diana Rigg. Hint. Lady Olena Tyrell. Game of Thrones? <laughs> Good for one point. I'll take it. <laughs> Stephanie. Jeremy Davies. Now I'm gonna need a hint. Dickie Bennett. Dickie Bennett. God, that sounds familiar. Dickie Bennett. Ugh, I don't know. Madman. Justified. Justified. Mm. All right, Tara. Yep. Melissa Leo. Louis. Two hey. points. Hey. Sarah. <laughs> Cloris Leachman. Um, hint. Barbara Mama Thompson. Mm. Mama in quotes. Mama. Mama Thompson. uh, If it helps you, that's written out. M-A-W-M-A-W. I don't know. Oh, Mama. Mama Thompson. Except I don't really see. Hot in Cleveland? Raising Hope. I can't believe she was only a guest star on that show. Maybe. Yeah, I thought she was. Isn't she like part of the. Yeah. Oh, maybe they like demoted her so that she could get a nomination or something. <laughs> I trust Joe. Fact check this rigorously. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Mark Margolis. Margolis. Margolis, Hint. probably. Hector Salamanca. <laughs> Jeez. Breaking Bad. Ding, 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 ding. Correct for one point. So we're back to Yay. Tara. 
Yes. Your sir. last question of round one. Yes, Francis sir. Sternhagen. Um, uh, could be one of two, but I'm just going to go for the two-pointer and say Sex in the City. Phew. Or hey. Bunny McDougal. The other it could have been was Cheers. She All right, Sarah. Cliff's mom. <clears throat> Uma Thurman. Uh, Uma Thurman. The Slap? <laughs> mm. <laughs> she played Rebecca Duvall in Smash. She sure did. Yeah. Never would have gotten that, so I'm glad I got the slap. In you, would, there. You, would have, you might have got it if you've been reading Sarah. She uh, hasn't Tart. come up yet. No, she hasn't, she hasn't appeared. She's in the next Smash one. rewatch uh, commentary going yes, on in previously. Should have mentioned TV. that in my Around the Dial. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> Last question of round one for Stephanie. The guest star, Emmy nominated, Milton Burl. Hint. Saul Howard. Oh, Breaking Bad? Mm, no. <laughs> that would be interesting, though. First of all, you'd have to bring him from, back from the dead, but also that'd be a great uh, uh, Breaking Burl. Yeah. All right, guys. Let her know. I don't know. You don't know? No. It's going to come up in a podcast that you've been doing. Oh, yeah. He was on 90210. Yeah. Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, correct. Another show oh, I never God. watched. Uh, that's past the Brenda years. That's why it didn't come out for me. All right. Watch. That's round one. Let's hear the scores. All right. Stephanie and Sarah have one each. I have five. Oh, God. All Whoa. right. <laughs> Plenty of game left. Lots no. of game left to play. Round two. Here are shows with two guest actor nominations. Okay. Two points for guessing without the hint. Okay. All right. But I'm going to read you the two actors all right okay and if you ask for a hint you can ask for the character name of either of those actors got it all right yep so we're guessing the show still guessing the show yep tara yes ted danson lily tomlin give me ted danson's name arthur frobisher damages that's good for one point sarah yep gene smart gregory it's in. <laughs> 24. Nice. Two points. All right, Stephanie. Thanks, Itzy. <laughs> Henry Ian Kuzik, Elizabeth Mitchell are your two <sighs> Emmy-nominated guest actors for this show. Can I have Elizabeth Mitchell's character? Dr. Juliet Burke. Juliet. Juliet Burke. Thank you. Dr. Juliet uh, Burke. I don't know. ER? Good guess. She did play a doctor on here. Lost. <clears throat> Lost. All right, Tara. Yep. Judith Light, Selma Hayek. Hayek. Sorry, Hayek. 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 <laughs> Give me Judith Light's name. Claire Ma- uh, Mead. Law and Order Special Victims Unit. <clears throat> no? Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty! <laughs> so confident. <too>. Number 17. <laughs> Spread Eagle. Spread Eagle. Or Sarah. John Goodman, Eli Wallach. John Goodman, Eli John Wallach. John Goodman, Eli Wallach. Guest stars, oh, Emmy man. nominated for what show? I will take John Goodman's character character name, please. Judge Robert Beebe, or Bebe. B-E-B-E. Judge Robert Beebe. The West Wing? Oh! Mm. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Sorkin! Eli Wallach for that <laughs> terrible episode where he was the old guy that came back to tell them all how great TV used to be. No. Okay, last question of round two for Stephanie. 
Mm-hmm. Your two Emmy-nominated guest actors are Emma Thompson and Laura Dern. God. Could I have um, Emma Thompson's character name? Emma Thompson played herself. <laughs> uh, extras? <laughs> Good guess. Uh, Ellen. Ah. Ellen. Oh, sure. All right. Stephanie has one. Sarah has three. I have six. All right. Closing the gap. That's good. Round three shows with three guest actor (laughs) nominations. Okay. I will read the first two names. Mm -hmm. Correct guess after those names gets three points. Correct guess after... The third name. Gets two points. Correct guess after a hint, one point. Okay. All right. Tara. Got it. Yes. Jimmy Smith's John Lithgow. Easy one. Is it? Oh, uh, Dexter. Correct for three points. points. Okay. Nice. Sarah. Fred Willard and Nathan Lane. Uh, Fred Willard and Nathan Lane. Oh, dear. Now, your options are... I need the third actor, please. Greg Kinnear, also nominated for a guest stint. Sarah, don't say the Joe Biden story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that's all I can think of. Sorry. It's like going into Tower Records and you totally freeze and you're like, I'll get some spin doctors. Um, I'm going to need another hint, please. Uh, Okay. What actor do you want? Oh, right. Fred Willard, Nathan Um, Lane, Greg Kinnear. uh, Nathan Lane. Pepper Saltzman. And you you, you asked for the wrong name and it's going to tell you that. Yeah. No shitsky. Um, Larry Sanders. All right. Here is the one that might have given it away. Fred Willard's character named Frank Dunphy. What if that helped you? Uh, nope. All right, that's Modern Family. The Dumfies is uh, oh. the family. Oh, Fred right. Willard plays Phil's dad. Stephanie. Gotcha. Yep. Joe Morton, Dan Bukatinsky. Bukatinsky. Thank you, <sighs> Tara, for the Buka assist. Uh, could I have the third actor, please? <laughs> Kate Burton. I have no idea who any of those people are. Um... Sarah knows. Kate Burton's character name. Joe, Joe Martin was the scientist from uh, Terminator 2. <laughs> uh, yep, that it's doesn't not, help me. It's um, not the Terminator <laughs> TV show. Okay. Can uh, I have the character name of the woman? Vice President Sally Langston. Good uh, good snag. On oh, wait. Hold on. Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> Close. Uh, well, it has yeah. Vice President. No, it's a good guess. It? Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. Don't say it because I know it. Scandal. Uh, well, you've already guessed. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have given it to you. <laughs> all right. Fine. I suppose I didn't say the answer yet. And, uh, um, all right. Guys, Scandal it was. I, we are a generous uh, lot here. Wait, I said I would give it to her. Sarah didn't say she would. Well, no, you don't have to yeah, give it to me. Her. That was a total. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's fine. fine. I'm going to Unlike some anyway. Dave Point awarding people, <laughs> I can be generous about these things. I'm a little flexible, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Annabella Cole. This is for me. What is it? Anna. Annabella Scorella. Shiora. Shiora. Annabella Shiora. Shiora. Or Skiora, yes. All right. Uh Tim Daly. Daly? Daly. Daly. (laughs) Well, there's no I in it. Well, okay. Yeah, it looks like that. (laughs) I'm going to once again just go ahead and guess. Sopranos? Natasha Leone, Laverne Cox for Sarah. Orange is the new black. Nice. Uh, Oliver Platt, Jill Clayberg. 
should I have the third actor? Sharon Gless. <laughs> God, you sound like made up people. Um, <laughs> she who, was who did Sharon? Who did Sharon Gless play? Colleen Rose. Rose. Oh goodness, I really don't know. Um, <laughs> um, Masters of Sex. Nip tuck, nip tuck, mm. nip tuck. I would have said queers folk. I would have said the that outward. was round three. <laughs> All right, Stephanie has two. Sarah has six. I have twelve. <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody's game. Round four. Put psychic people out. (laughs) Round four. Shows with four guest actor nominations. Same rules. I'm going to read the first two names. All right, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, So, uh, Tara, Mm -hmm. Julia Roberts, Jane Alexander. Your next hint would be the other two names. Is it famous original Law and Order? Correct for two points. Sarah. Peter Boyle, Veronica Cartwright. Nominated for what show? Peter Boyle, Veronica Cartwright. I'll need the next two names. Lily Taylor, CCH Pounder. Uh, Peter Boyle. Six Feet Under. Veronica Cartwright, Lily Taylor, CCH Pounder from Mm. X-Files. X Files. Oh, all right. Lily Taylor only had four of those. Huh. Okay. Stephanie, here's your round four question. Think about it. Okay. Patrick Mm -hmm. Stewart, Ian McKellen. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. I will give you the clue. Show's been mentioned in Game Time. In this Game Time. Mm -hmm. Oh, in this Game Time. Jeez. So your options are the other two actors. Yeah, the, the other two actors. All right. Joining Patrick and Ian, Ben Stiller, Kate Winslet. Oh, extras. That's good for two <laughs> points. Two points. Hooray. Okay. All right. That means that was round four. Okay. I may have been scoring this wrong because I thought we I got three. I thought you got three in the last round for guessing on the first two names. You did. Oh, okay. She guessed on the... All the clues. So she got two points. You have 15. We're also here. I have 15. Okay. All right. Um, So Stephanie has four. Sarah has six. I have 15. Okay. Round five. It's a big round. Okay. Shows with five or more guest actor nominations. Joe picked the five. Okay. That we'll play with. Yep. And the same sort of rules. So if if I guess after the first two. You get three points. Three. Okay. Your two names are yep. William H. Macy, mm-hmm. Sally Field. Your next hint would be the rest of the names. Yeah, give me the rest. Don Cheadle, Alan Alda, Rosemary Clooney. Oh, is this ER? That is ER. That's two points, Tara. Okay, got it. All right. Nice, Thanks. Sarah. Harry yes. Hamlin, Linda Cardellini. Mad nice. Men. Three points. <laughs> Or Stephanie, John Larroquette, and William Shatner, two of our greatest <laughs> actors. It's a weird um, pound for pound. Can I have the other actors? Michael Emerson, Sharon Stone, Henry Winkler. It's an eclectic group. Sure There's a lot is. of stunt casting, I'm going to guess. Um, 
gosh. I don't know. Uh, two and a half men. <laughs> I like that guess. William Shatner spun this character off on a different show oh. that was uh, The Practice, right. which became what? Boston. Mm. Boston Who'd have guessed it? Arrest, guessed no, arrested Development. Boston Legal, right? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Back to Tara. Yep. Michael J. Fox, Martha Plimpton. Is this the good wife? It is a good wife for three points. Sarah. Kyle yes. Chandler, Loretta Devine. Kyle Chandler, Loretta Devine. Uh, I will need the rest of the names. Uh, Tara's favorite actress, Elizabeth Reeser. Ugh, yes. Hey, Kate Burton. <laughs> oh, and I hate her for this role mostly. Kate Burton's back. <sighs> yep. And Christina Ricci's here. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. All right, that's two points. Two points. Yep. Okay. Stephanie. Yep. Oliver Platt, making a second appearance. <laughs> Mark Harmon. Mm. I will also say this show has also been mentioned as an incorrect guest so far on this very game. Can I have the other people, please? Matthew Perry, Ron Silver, Tim Matheson. Oh, well... Is this um, Studio 60, the Sunset Strip? Mm, no. It's the other one. What? Oh, because that was right last time. Oh, poo. Okay. Oh, poo indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to Tara. Yeah. Patricia Clarkson, James Cromwell. <sighs> Guest starred Give me on the this rest. show. Give me the other names. Joining them, Kathy Bates, Joanna Cassidy, Lily Taylor. Oh, is this Six Feet Under? It is Six Feet when Under. When the hell was Patricia points. Clarkson on Six Feet Under? I don't know. All right. She played Sarah she O'Connor. Oh, okay. Sarah O'Connor. All right. Come with me if you want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped. That was pretty good. Thanks, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Not, not bad, Dave. High five. <laughs> Rip Torn, Edie Falco for Sarah. Rip Torn and Edie Falco. Rip Torn and Edie Falco. Is this Larry Sanders? Good guess. Alan Alda, Carrie Fisher, Margaret Cho. All on... 30 Rock. 30 Rock, yes. Oh. All right, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Judge Reinhold and Jerry Stiller. Uh, Arrested Development. Lloyd Bridges, uh, Larry Thomas, Marley Matlin. A little bit trick question there I think because the Jerry Stiller might have thrown you off uh, Seinfeld Seinfeld oh. yeah seems sure. like he would be well he was only a guest star I, I, the, I suppose yeah. he was recurring but he wasn't in the credits right okay back to Tara yep everybody's got uh, one two three one th- yeah everybody's got two questions left okay Hank Azaria Christina Applegate friends <laughs> yep Three points. Picky is uh, giving you that one. <laughs> and for Sarah, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Oof. Hmm. Can I have the. Yeah, Hank three? Azaria, Carol, Carol Burnett, Cindy Lauper. Larry Sanders. <laughs> Mad about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephanie. Yep. Kristen Chenoweth. Neil Patrick Harris. 
Can I have the others, please? Michael Malley, Gwyneth Paltrow, Dot Marie Jones. Dot yep. Marie? Yep. Okay. Gee, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I already forgot the other people you said. <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Christian Taylor. Yeah, right. Right. Um, I'm going to say. I think you have another Glee. hint available. Yeah! Hey. Two points, right? Yeah, two points. <laughs> Thanks for being excited for me. <laughs> I finally got one. But <laughs> well, you said G. It was like yeah. she's so close. Well, I was wondering if I should like follow that train of thought. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question for you, Tara. Yes. Bobby Calavale. Cannavale. Cannavale. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Alec Baldwin. Um, is this Will and Grace? It is Will and Grace for three points. Your last question, Sarah. Shelly Long. BB Newworth. Three points. And your last question, Stephanie. Betty White and Louis C.K. Or Louis C.K. Oh, Oh, what'd I say? Louis? Louis? (laughs) Louis. Well, I am a formal. Betty White and Louis C.K. Mr. Um, K. Can I have the other ones? Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph. Huh. And your last clue would be character names. Right. Eddie White, um, Louis C.K., Melissa McCarthy, Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph. Can I can I have Louis C.K.'s character name? Yes. His character name is Various Characters. <laughs> oh. oh. Boo. Various. That's a good That's hint. hint. That's a good hint. That's a good hint. It's probably the best hint. Yeah. Think um, outside the box. Yeah. This show is different than the others. Uh-huh. Picking up on that. Um, it's not Larry nope. Sanders. No, it is not. Pretty confident. No. <laughs> Mr. Show. <laughs> You're on the right track. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night oh, Live. Okay. All right, let's hear the final scores, please. Okay. Uh, Stephanie has six. Sarah has 14. I have uh, 28. What a jerk for saying that. <laughs> Tiebreaker? Shits and giggles? Sure. Sure. I'll read two actors. First person to shout out the show wins two Dave points. Oh, shit. And I think I just want to say re- now, yes. we all realize the importance yes. of a full and accurate accounting yes, of yes, your Dave yes, points. Yes, Worst person. <laughs> now we know. We will start keeping track, Dave. You knew before. I didn't Reg think that e. you meant Kathy, it. Reggie, Kathy, Kate, Mara. How's the cards? Two day points for you, Tara. Nice. But I'll be spending my Tara. Jesus. Gross, Tara. I wasn't given time to collect my Dave points. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We rose to the occasion about the thorn in our side that is The Bachelorette. Then we flipped the script for Lifetime's yes. re-fictionalized version Unreal. We then went around the dial with stops at Aquarius, Scott and Bailey, all about Anne and Mr. Robot. Stephanie successfully argued for Freaks and Geeks, The Garage Doors, entry into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week. And Tara was the winner of this week's guest star game time. Remember. We're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, will you accept this rose? Sarah D. Bunting. <laughs> the welfare rolls are full of <laughs> <laughs> And Stephanie Early Green. Definitely. 
<laughs> Thanks I'm for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great, sending it off with the most requested local ad so far. Hey, what are we doing out of the bottle? This is dangerous. A little kid might come along and think we were candy. That would be awful because we're medicine. He might even eat us. No, no.